Thank you. Okay, well, let's go ahead and turn to uh, Luke chapter number 13, and that's where we'll take our, uh, our message from this morning. God bless you for being in church. Uh, we are praying that pastor will have a good break. Uh, thank God for our pastor and for the labours that he, uh, he does and the burdens he carries uh, on our behalf and all the goodness uh, that he's brought to our local church. And uh, we, we love his family, love pastor, and uh, want to uphold him in prayer. And I'm always glad for any time pastor gets to take a break and just charge the batteries a little bit. Uh, I think that's good for him. And uh, he'll, be, he'll be back soon, but we pray that uh, he's having a good break. Well, good to see you uh, being in church this morning. Good to gather together. You know, as, uh, as the world, uh, you know, is moving on and uh, as the, the culture is changing uh, in Australia, and uh, if, you, if you're not sure if the culture's changing in Australia... Uh, you just have to ask some of the older people. They can tell you about how it used to be and how it is now. And there's a lot of change in the culture. And I think, you know, for a lot of Australians, uh, I, I think a lot of Australians don't realise that there are people like us around anymore. Uh, I, I really do. I, I think that they're so surrounded by, by people who... Uh, are dismissive of God. I, I've, never, I've never been in a time where uh, people have been quite so vocal uh, in their anti-God sentiments and in their dismissing God. And really, really, it just it, it, it feels very much like, uh, you know, the days of, of Cain. Cain was, uh, is in Genesis and he's one of the ones who... who uh, sinned himself and then broke away from God and tried to form a, uh, a world without God. So, you know, he tried to just, just you know, create a, a culture and cities and places where, where no one would acknowledge God. And it does seem in many ways that uh, we are back to that. But, of course, there are people like us and uh, God will always have his remnant. God will always have people uh, uh, all over the world uh, who on the first day of the week as Sunday is, we'll meet to gather and to remember him and uh, to worship him and to receive of his word and sing the songs we sing uh, that prompt us to think about things that touch our heart and uh, put our, cause our spirits to, uh, to abide with God's spirit. And, uh, and so, so we should continue to do. But it's good, it's good to be in church. Uh, I find church a refreshing place. I find church a place where uh, just something uh, unique happens that cannot be replicated uh, outside, if you know what I'm saying. Now, a couple of times through the week, uh, I came in here. Uh, there was nobody here. I just came in to pray, uh, to pray for pastor and his family, but to also pray for myself and my family. Uh, and it was a blessing to, to sit in here because the lights are out and nobody's here. But it's not quite the same as when everybody else is here. It really is better when we're all here together. Now we're going to uh, take our uh, thoughts this morning from Luke chapter 13. Uh, one of the things uh, 
particularly the Gospels, uh, uh, bring out again and again is the many miraculous things that Jesus did to help people. And it just comes out over and over again. Now, uh, if you're a dead Catholic and uh, you hope to become a saint, uh, what they do, they go back over your history and they look, they have to find a miracle that will validate your claim to sainthood. That's the process uh, of uh, Catholicism. And then that's presented, uh, you know, to the Vatican and to those. And they look for a miracle and they, they dig around, they go back over the history and they try to find someone who can come forward and say, uh, you know, uh, I prayed to their statue or their image or, or whatever and uh, this happened to me. And that's the and, and, and I thought about that, I thought about how people sort of dig around looking for maybe a miracle or a connection. And yet you look at Jesus and there's just miracles everywhere. You, you, you look at Jesus, there's event after event of Christ doing the things that no man could do. Miraculous things and, and uh, you read these, uh, like this is a story here in Luke 13, it's a true event. Uh, it happened in a definite time and a place about how this woman who was, uh, had a spirit of infirmity, she had, we would say, you know, if we saw her, we'd probably say, oh, she has a problem with her back. This probably would be what we'd say. Uh, but she would have been very hunched over. And I've seen this uh, in Thailand. I, in fact, reading this, it brought to my mind several people like that. Uh, including uh, people who, uh, who had visited our church. And, uh, and she would, you would have said, oh, she has a back condition. But actually, she had something that Jesus was going to help her with. Now, uh, this is sort of related, but sort of not related, but I'll just share it because it's a good story um, uh, about this passage. I remember uh, a while ago uh, teaching... Uh, Joe in Thailand, I was saying, you know, Joe, you see what happened here is that this woman had a back condition and everybody would have looked at that in the day and they would have just said, well, she has a, you know, she's got a problem with her back or she has a, they might have said she had a spinal deformity or, you know, they would have put their best, as best they could, their understanding of that. I said, but what happened here uh, was actually, it was a spirit. It, she was in bondage of the devil. The devil was causing her back condition. Now, now that's something we don't sort of typically connect, but we should a little bit more than we do. Now, do, do I have to say that Pastor Shemish is not saying every back condition is of a demon, okay? But Pastor Shemish is saying that there are definitely times, and we tend to be a little bit too dismissive of the possibility that that could be the cause. And, uh, and we need to understand that this was not a pagan woman dancing naked around a fire at night, you know, to the beating sound of uh, heathen drums and none of that. This was a Jewish believer who would have been quite, uh, quite uh, uh, separated in her lifestyle. And, and uh, someone who was attending church, and yet this woman was oppressed of the devil. It was the devil who was, it was, a, it was a demon spirit that was causing her affliction. And so I was sharing this with Joe, just about the back condition. 
And then last week, uh, uh, he called me and I said, how did it go on Sunday? And uh, he, he relayed to me, what, what happened was that when we uh, moved and, and were able to purchase the land and, and get the church building up where we are now in Nakon Sawan, we moved a little bit out of the city and uh, the, the main city of Nakon Sawan, just a little bit out. And uh, so we, 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 you know, it was all of God and we felt led of God that that was where we were meant to go and there's a story leading up to that. But, but essentially we ended up in a certain location and, uh, and we just felt led of God to be there. And then uh, soon after we were there, uh, there's a neighbouring town or a village nearby us and, uh, and as we would uh, maybe give out tracts or talk to people, uh, people would say, oh, you know, there was a man in this village who used to preach these things, uh, a Thai. There was a, there was a man, who, but he's dead now. And we thought, well, it's unusual, you know, like it's uh, just unusual to come across that. Thailand's 96% Buddhist, 3.5% Muslim. You just, you don't stumble across uh, believers very much. It's very, very unusual. You don't drive past churches really on your way to anywhere. Uh, so for that, to, it was just, well, that's unusual out here. And uh, so, well, we, we didn't know much, but it would come up again and again. Then finally, a man visited our church who now attends regularly. And uh, he said, uh, oh, I, I knew a man in the village who preached to me about Jesus. And, uh, and I'd got saved, but I didn't have a church. And so now he's attending our church. And so that came up again. And uh, we were like, I, I wonder who this who, who was this person who was here? And then uh, last Saturday, uh, Joe went and did a visit and he visited an older man uh, who, who uh, was barely able to walk. So, so uh, to, to get himself around, he, he had to use a stick, he had to hold the wall and it would take him a long, this in his own house, it would take him a long time to be able to get anywhere. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't walk and he was like that for for about 10 years, he said. So Joe, did, we did the visit on Saturday, just gone by, and uh, the man came to church on Sunday morning. And so he, he came to church Sunday morning, the last Sunday, and uh, he sat through church, and then after church, uh, sitting around, uh, eating as they do, he said to Joe, I want to get saved. I want to get saved today. And he said, in fact, I've been wanting to get saved for a long time, uh, but, but I haven't been saved yet. He said, I, I spoke to a man in the village uh, about getting saved and he told me to wait, but then he died. And he said, so I've been waiting to get saved. And uh, so, so Joe said, well, who, 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 uh, who was the man? Who is this man? And uh, he said, well, he used, to, he used to go around the village and the schools and, and he would preach with a, with a speaker and he would... He would tell people they need to believe in Jesus and get saved. And he said everybody hated him. He said it, it, nobody listened to him and everybody hated him. Uh, but he, he did it for years. And uh, Joe said, well, what was his name? And uh, he said, well, his name was Bunyesu. Well, well Bunyesu, that's not a Thai name. It, it's sort of a, a change of name. And typically uh, Thai surnames have a... Uh, maybe a Buddhist sort of, their, their names have religious connotations. So it's not unusual, it's happened before, uh, it's the first time I encountered it, it was over there, when people come to Christ, they will change their name. 
because they, they want to reaffiliate, as it were. And so he changed his name, this man, to Bun Yesu. Well, Bun means goodness, doing good. Yesu is Jesus. So he changed his name to My Goodness is Christ. My Goodness is Christ. And this man had been preaching, and, uh, and uh, we don't know. Uh, the, they said his widow is alive. She's 90 years old. And so uh, uh, the man came Sunday morning. He said, I'd spoken to Bunyesu about getting saved. He said, wait, but he died. So I want to get saved today. And so Joe prayed with him. This was Sunday gone by to, to, to get saved. And uh, now Joe's telling me this. I went, oh, that's great. That's great. That's really good. I said, we must find out more about Bunyesu. We, that's very interesting. It seems that we have found ourselves on a field that Bunyesu had been ploughing. But we didn't know that. Seems like Bunyesu had been putting seed in our field, but we didn't know that. And now we're watering and fruit is popping up. And, and uh, so we share that. And Joe said, well, yeah. He said, I prayed with him. He said, you know, uh, he couldn't walk. I said, yeah. He said, and then I remembered the story that you told me about what Jesus did for the woman who, who had the back problem. And he said, it came to me. That, that, that I should pray for this man. I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. He said, it came to me that I should pray for this man and put the demon out of him so that he could walk. And I said, huh, mm-hmm. what happened? And he said, well, he said, I prayed for him about that. And he said, then I said to him, okay, stand up and walk. And he said, everybody was sitting around. And he said, the man said, well, I haven't been able to walk for 10 years. He said, he stood up. Joe said, I'll take your hand and I'll walk with you. And so Joe took his hand. And he said, he began to walk. And uh, he, said, he said to Joe, I, I haven't been able to walk for 10 years. I, 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 and he said he was walking. And then Joe said, then I said to him, okay, I'm going to let go of your hand now. And, uh, and uh, you walk. And he said, then he began to walk. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor, he walked, he walked all around the property until he was sweating. And he was saying, I can walk, I can walk. And uh, he, said, uh, he said to Joe, oh, you're going to have the whole village come here now. <laughs> and Joe said, well, it really is not me, it's, it's, it's Jesus. But, 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 you know, these, these stories are here to comfort us, to remind us of what God is able to do. To increase our faith. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody said to Joe, uh, 10 reasons why if you pray a prayer like that, it won't work. So in simplicity of belief and just believing what the Bible said, he just did. And uh, sometimes if we will just do, God will just do also. And so that was, that was an encouraging story. Now, uh, I've titled the message uh, this morning... Uh, how Jesus helps people who cannot help themselves. How Jesus helps people who cannot help themselves. Now, uh, there, there are those who uh, will not help themselves, though they be able. There, there are some like that. And uh, for those who can help themselves uh, but just don't want to, the Bible says that such ones should first try to help themselves. For example, uh, the Bible says, uh, if a man does not work, neither should he eat. Meaning if he's able to work, 
and he's capable to do that, the admonition of the scriptures is go and do that. And, uh, and, uh, but but if, he's, if they're not able to do that, uh, then, then, then we're to help. So th- there are some uh, who, who maybe could help themselves, uh, but uh, for some reason uh, they don't want to. But having said that, there are people like this woman here uh, in our reading in verse number 11, this woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, 18 years, and uh, was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. There are some like this woman uh, who, who do what they can, but their problem is beyond their own ability to fix. And, uh, and there will be many, of, many here today, I'm sure, uh, perhaps in some area of life, uh, it, it might be health, uh, it might be uh, relationships uh, that have broken down, uh, it might be some other infirmity that you carry, perhaps known, perhaps one that you just know but you would rather not share. Uh, but there are those who do have a condition that really just seems beyond their ability to fix it up. And, and I want to uh, address that uh, this morning and just see what Jesus did here. Uh, I remember I had a relative, uh, a lady, uh, who uh, married uh, a man, uh, and uh, his name was Kieran, and uh, married him, and, and, and I remember because I did the wedding, and uh, it was years ago. And, and I must say that uh, Kieran was an unusual uh, guy, uh, uh, but, but, a, but a nice fellow. Uh, but just a bit unusual. Uh, perhaps I might say uh, uh, slightly socially awkward. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a, a nice guy. If you met him, you'd say pleasant fellow. Uh, but a little bit, a little bit awkward, a little bit, little bit unusual. But uh, many, many occasions as we had family Christmases together, you know, some people, that's sort of the time when you see them. Uh, you know, he would be there and he was, uh, he was welcomed into our family. Uh, he had had a difficult upbringing, uh, farther away from home, uh, and just, just uh, didn't have, uh, you know, good, uh, good uh, education, didn't have those opportunities. But anyway, a decent guy uh, trying to do his best. And uh, he got a job, sort of the job that was available for him. And the job he could get, this was years ago, was driving taxis. So he would drive taxis around Brisbane when, you know, when there were taxis and there were only taxis. And uh, that was, uh, that's what he did. And, and, you know, if you drove a taxi back then, it was kind of a job that people would do if they, you know, if you couldn't get maybe something better. Uh, but that's what he could do. He would drive a taxi. He'd work very long hours, and uh, for 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 really not a lot of money. And but it was what he could do. He was trying to help himself. He was trying to take care of his family. He was a nice guy, a little bit unusual. So he would drive taxis and then uh, work long hours. And then one day, uh, through uh, uh, accumulation of of loss of points on his license, and he wasn't a reckless guy. He wasn't a crazy. But just driving full time, you know, 12 hours a day over, you know, years, of, I guess three or whatever it is, your points, he, he ended up getting accumulation of points 
And, uh, and then because of that, uh, he lost his licence. And it was really amazing, oh, I was quite shocked, uh, how quick everything deteriorated from that point. Uh, so he, he, when he lost his licence, he couldn't drive a taxi anymore. He didn't have any savings because he was just living week to week on what he had. He was renting a place, I think it was in the Sandgate, Shorncliffe area. He was renting a place. He was unable to pay the rent. And so he, he got put out of the place where he was. Uh, he had no savings. He had no job. He had no qualifications. He couldn't get another job. And really quickly, uh, everything changed for him. And then I remember the night we got a call and somebody said uh, that he was sleeping uh, in a bus shelter, like a bus, a bus stop. He was sleeping in a bus stop. It was raining. I remember the night they called. It was raining. Uh, it was a storming. He was sleeping in a bus stop uh, at Ballina. And he had, he, had, he had nothing. And it was really, it was really shocking to, to realise this was someone who you'd had Christmas dinner with. This was someone that you knew. This was someone that was a nice person. Uh, this was someone who just seemed like all of us. And yet now, when we heard that, that he was sleeping under a bus seat on a bus stop in Ballina, uh, and he had nobody. And now, I'm thankful when we, when we heard that, that somebody, somebody called somebody and people went out driving in the night uh, to find him and uh, to help him. You know, at, at that time... And going through that thing, he wasn't able to help himself. And, and that's, always, that's always stayed with me. When I come across uh, people on the street or homeless people, uh, I want to be careful that I don't uh, rise to judgment, as some do, and just say, look, I don't really understand the circumstances of this, but how I remember that happened to Kieran. And so sometimes uh, people are going through some things that they can't help themselves with. They, they've reached the end of their ability or their capacity to get help with what they're presently going through. Well, that's this lady. That's her. She's got a condition, her back condition. She's bent up uh, and probably quite, quite bent up. And she can't lift herself up, yet uh, she's doing what she could. What do you mean? Well, she, she gets up on, uh, on, uh, on church day, it's synagogue for them. Uh, she gets up on church day, she gets herself dressed as best she can, and she makes her way to the church, or synagogue, she makes her way to the synagogue to pray and to hear the scriptures being taught. And so, you know... We commend her for that. But nonetheless, she's in church and she's there and she's probably been there many times and, uh, and the people around her, uh, maybe they don't know how to help her either. Uh, and she's there and here is someone who goes to synagogue on a particular church day. Now, we'd say 
She found her way to church on Sunday morning. It was actually Saturday, but, but you get the idea. She found her way to the gathering of the God's people as the Word of God was going to be opened and read and taught. And she was there, and on that particular day, something wonderful was going to happen to her, and Jesus was going to help her when she could not help herself. And, and that's, that's our thought how Jesus helps those who cannot help themselves. Number one, what he does, he helps those who cannot help themselves in that he turns up where they are. He's there where they are. Now, Paul would, would preach in Acts chapter 17 in verse 27 in a place far away from uh, the land of synagogues and far away from... Uh, the, the land where the scriptures were open, but in a heathen place where there may have been a synagogue, well, there would have been, but mostly they were worshipping other uh, altars and other statues as such. But Paul said to a group even there, uh, not in Israel, not in Jerusalem, not in the land of synagogues and, and, the, and the, 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 the temple of old, uh, Paul says to them in Acts 17 verse 27, the end of the verse, talking about God, He said, he be not far from every one of us. God is not far from any of us, is what Paul said. Uh, Spoken to those people. Now, it's an amazing thing, if you think about it, no matter where you are in the world, God is not far from any of us. Now, that's extraordinary to me. I've flown over Papua New Guinea and I've seen large mountains and deep ravines, and, uh, and you can't even see a road going to those. There may be one, but you, you can't even see a road. And I've looked down there, and uh, on the side of a, of a mountain, uh, w- w- far you know, up in the highlands, there'll be a little village. It's incredible to think that somebody there uh, can, can call out to God, and he be not far from them. And yet you could go to uh, some of the most bustling, populous cities in the world uh, where it's uh, apartments and busy streets and changing traffic lights and pedestrian traffic and neon signs and, and commerce all around and vehicles coming and going. But in a place like that, he be not far from any of us. You could call out to God and Paul was saying, look, he's not far from you. Uh, and that's, that's amazing. You know, I, I, I just, I, I try to step back and think about this, this, uh, this ball that we live on, uh, uh, the earth, you know, in universe. We've been, I guess, privileged to see some pictures from a distance that other generations would have not have seen of, of, of our earth. And, and here we are, and God is saying that, that you, can be, you can be anywhere there, but the omnipresent God who is able to be in all places, he's not far from you. He's not far from you. Now, now your your, your feelings may say he's far from me, but he's not far from you. He's not far from you. He can help those who cannot help themselves because he he turns up where they are. I I think of the upbringing I had, and I'm I'm not critical, but, but it was difficult in many ways, and... And, uh, and, and home was tough and it was hard and, 
And uh, there was a lot of stress, mainly due to, to uh, the alcohol in our home and uh, all the traumas that that brought to our home. And yet, uh, as a teenager, uh, I found that, that God was not far from me. That, that actually, he, he had been around me, but I, I didn't know that. And uh, so, so here is a woman, she doesn't, she doesn't know that uh, today is not going to be just another church service. Today is going to be a day where something special is going to happen for this lady because Jesus has turned up and he's not far from her. And then he helps those who cannot help themselves. Secondly, because he knows what it really is that is making us down. Now, you understand that sometimes we think we know, but we misdiagnose our own condition. Sometimes we think we know what is making us unhappy. And uh, if you were to ask, you know, a sampling of people, look, what, what would it take uh, for you to have happiness? Now, there may be some poor souls who would just say, I don't know. Uh, but, but likely people would say, well, you know, uh, look, if I had a good relationship, if I, if I had, you know, it's a big thing. If I had somebody who loved me and I loved them, that would do it for me. Uh, if I had, if I had uh, more money, because money is a big part of my problem, and, or if I had a better living conditions, or you know, if I had a better job, or, or people would, would suggest maybe all kinds of things, but, but often what can happen is uh, we don't really know the real reason that we are the way we are. And we can, we can misdiagnose that. We can, we can blame the wrong things. We can... We can get uh, caught up in the wrong causes in our quest for happiness and help. But if we're looking to the wrong things, they cannot provide the answers we're looking for. That's not going to help us. Uh, I, uh, I, had a, I was able to, uh, some time ago, uh, you know, I, uh, this, our, one of our senators, uh, Penny Wong, who's a Labor senator, was just making a comment. I think she's a nice person. I don't agree with her politics, but... Uh, but uh, she was making a comment, uh, something in regard to feminism, and, uh, and I responded to that. And I said, you know, there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of ladies who, who think that happiness is found in, uh, you know, gender liberation, uh, but really that is not where happiness is found. And uh, she responded to me uh, uh, politely, and, and uh, uh, we, we talk, talked a little of that. Uh, but a lot of people are looking for... Answers. They're looking for things, uh, that, so what the cause of what's keeping them down, but what they're looking at is the wrong thing. So how can Jesus help you? He can help you by knowing what it really is that's keeping you down. Now, now if you'd been there in synagogue, you'd say, uh, so what's wrong with that lady? Oh, look, uh, I don't know. I reckon it probably is advanced arthritis. Oh, What's wrong with that lady? I'm not sure. I think she may have injured herself. But she's just been like that a long time. And everybody might have an opinion about why is this lady like this? And maybe if you asked her, I don't know what she'd say. But there was somebody there that day, Jesus, who knew exactly what it was that was making her down. I mean, do you, do you dare 
to let God illuminate you to you? Do you you dare to let God show you what it really is that is causing the problems? Because, Because we can blame all kinds of things and the problem is that those, if, if, if we even get a change of circumstances, many times we realise, you know, that brought me a moment of change, but now I find myself back where I was. So Jesus helps those who cannot help themselves because he knows the, the real reason, exactly what it is that is keeping somebody down. And number three, Jesus helps those who cannot help themselves because he knows that we can be better than we appear at that time. So he looks at someone and, uh, and uh, he, 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 he says, you can be better than this. Now, now she might answer, oh, no, no, I, I once thought that, but I've had this for years. No, no, I, I, I once thought that and I went to the best physicians and doctors and nobody's been able to help me. I'm just this way. This, this is it for me. You know, I, 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 I won't be better than this. And yet Jesus looks at someone like that and says, you can be better than you appear right now. Uh, uh, we sometimes resign ourselves to perpetual unhappiness when God is saying there is something better for you. It doesn't have to be that way. Now, I, boy, I shall tell you, I thank God that he saved me and came to my life. And, I, I, you know, I, I thank God a thousand times. I was not from a religious family. I had never been to church. I, I, we did not have, as far as I know, a Bible in our home. And, and, and I just think if God had not intervened in my life, just where I might have been today, just, and I don't even know I would have been today, truthfully, uh, but, I, but I guess I just would have followed the pattern of all that was around me. And I'm so glad that, that the Lord looked at me and said, you know what, you can be better than this. You, 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 I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And I can help you be better than this. I think about Boo, who got saved, the lady who got saved in our church. I said to Suzanne this morning, how long ago was that? And she said, it must be coming up three years in June. Now, now Boo had, I'd known Boo for probably 10 years. Uh, I met her and her husband and her little tiny boy. They had one child, little, little tiny boy by the name of Boucher. I met them in Bangkok 10 years ago. And, uh, and, uh, and I knew of them, and uh, she, you know, she, 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 she sort of looked uh, a little bit wild, if you know what I mean. She was a, she was a big girl, and, uh, and she, she just, she was tormented. Uh, she was demonized. She had spirits in her, and you might be sitting here this morning. We're in Albany Creek, Brisbane, Australia, and the whole idea of spirits just seems uh, maybe something that happens in a B-grade movie, but that's what the devil wants you to think. Uh, but it's a reality. She was, she was demonized. I don't know how that came to be. Uh, and uh, and uh, her, her own family 
uh, who, who uh, were, were Buddhist people, as most Thais are. Her own family recognised her condition. She'd go crazy and wild and she had sort of unusual supernatural strength, as it were. And, and uh, they took her to temples and tried amulets and different things to try to deliver her of the spirits that had got in her. Uh, she'd get really angry. She'd get violent. Uh, she was sold into people's slavery, sex slavery, in an Arab country, got tricked into going there. They locked away her passport. Uh, they would stand over her and beat her. Uh, she cried and cried and cried and, and, and just somehow wanted to get home. And, and I mean, now I'm not telling you anything. She wouldn't stand here and tell you herself. And, uh, and she just had this terrible journey and her and her husband were fighting uh, because of her violence and her mental health, her mental uh, uh, troubles, they took her child away from her. And so, so she's had a terrible journey. And uh, about three years ago, I was asked to come and speak to a group of Christian people who were serving God in ministry. And it wasn't an evangelism meeting. It wasn't outreach. But it was, can you come and speak to these Christians uh, in, this, in the meeting? We booked a hotel. We have a room for you. If you can come and speak, um, teach them. Pastor Lloyd came as well. And I went to that meeting in that city in Thailand. It was in Padia. And, uh, and as I was going, I thought, you know what? Uh, that's, that's, where, uh, that's where Boo and his name was Pepsi. That's where Boo and Pepsi live. I, I should try and see if I can contact them. I haven't seen them for a few years. And so I, I called. They answered. I said, look, I'm coming to your city. Uh, would, you, would, you, would you like to come and see me? Actually, I called him. Would you like to come and see me? And he said, yeah, you haven't seen it for years. I'd like to come and see you. I said, well, I'll be here. And so he made his way, but he brought her as well. I said, oh, hi. And, and so we talked and chatted, and then it came round to the evening meeting. Well, they'd been there for hours. I said, look, I've got to go to a meeting now. I said, I've got to eat. I've got to go to a meeting. Would you, uh, do you want to just come on down as well, or do you want to go home? And they said, oh, she's dressed in shorts, both of them. Said, uh, oh, and not, uh, I said, it'll be fine. Nobody will think anything. They probably did, but I said, no, nobody will think anything. Just come. And uh, so uh, they said, okay. So they came with me. We got to the eating table, and everybody was eating in these rectangular tables, but there was one table set sort of prominently up the front, a, a round table with beautiful, ornate uh, decorations and a setting for eight. And, and it was the VIP table where they were going to seat Pastor Shemish and Suzanne and Pastor Lloyd and Cassie was there. And so we sat there. I said, just come and eat with us. And so they came in in their shorts and everybody else was sitting around in white shirts and ties. And, uh, and uh, they came in and I said, oh, this is my friend, Boo and Pepsi. Uh, they're going to eat with me at my table. And they said, oh, okay, Pastor. And so we, we sat down and they chatted a little bit. And I said, well, I've got to get up and preach now. And they said, well, we'll stay. I said, okay. So I got up and preached and then I was done and then it was Pastor Lloyd's turn and Pastor Lloyd got up and preached. And uh, as Pastor Lloyd preached, uh, the Spirit of God just began to uh, work in that place and God used his message and, uh, and, and God began to work. And Pastor Lloyd said, well, I was up the front with him and said, let's have a an invitation, it was for Christian workers. And his invitation was something like those who want to further dedicate themselves to serving God. It was for full-time Christian workers. 
And uh, so uh, uh, he led in the invitation. Uh, I think there was some music. uh, People are starting to put their hands up. They were going to come. And uh, and sitting there right in the front in their shorts uh, was Boo and Pepsi. And she was weeping and weeping. And, and uh, he was giving the invitation. It was for full-time Christian workers. And she was going... <laughs> and, uh, and he was looking. And uh, he said to me, uh, do, you, do you see that lady in the front? And I said, mm-hmm. And he said, uh, what should we do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and so she... Kept <laughs> and, and, and finally, nobody could stop her. She came right down the front. And she fell on, she was on her knees and she was crying, God help me. And she kept saying, I'm ready, I'm ready. And, uh, and she prayed and she cried, uh, her and her husband, and we were able to lead her to someone who knew what was making her like that. And someone who had the ability to deliver her from her situation. And she was, she was marvellously saved. She said to her husband, pack up everything, we have to move to Nakonsawan to get in church. Hours away from their city. He said, we have no job, oh, there's no welfare in Tonga. He said, we'll starve. She said, I don't care, we just need to be in church. And uh, so they packed up, they came to church, she sat there every sermon, she'd weep. God delivered her from the demons. She was on a list of medication, it's just of, of medication for her mind, just all these different kinds of drugs, just so many, and she was taking like handfuls every day. God, God changed her, he changed her. And she, 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 she would cry, she'd cry every sermon, she'd... She reads her Bible every day, lots of it. And, and she, God began to heal her mind. And she'd go back to the hospital and they'd say, you know, uh, let's just cut this down a little bit. You seem to be doing okay. And they cut her medication back. And then they said, well, let's just remove this one. And they cut it back and they cut it back. And uh, about six months ago, she was off all medication. Now, not because we said to. But because the doctors said, you're well, you're well. We, this is amazing, you're well. And not only that, she was contacted by the people who had her children, her child, and they said, you've changed and it's time for your son to come home to you. And that boy came back. He left a family that had been devastated by darkness and demonic oppression and he'd seen crazy scenes of... Uh, all sorts of things in his home and he came back to a Christian mum and dad whose life had dramatically changed. You know, I, I, I often joke, Beauchet won the lottery that day and he got into a family and they've been in church now and everything is different. Now, you know what happened? Jesus saw her and he saw her condition and he understood the true cause of what was what was doing that to her and he said you can be better than this you can be better than this and then you'll see that he saw her in a crowd 
You know, you'll never be in a place where Jesus will not notice you. You won't miss out because there are too many others in need. You won't, you won't get lost in a crowd. I've come into church services where I choose the back row. I've come into church services where I choose the seat behind the back row. And I'll just sit back there and I don't want to be noticed. And I just want to sit back there. And I'll tell you what, I can be sitting back there like that and nobody even knows you're there. But Jesus always knows you're there. And he'll speak to you and he'll come to you. And you never get lost in the crowd. You never get lost in the crowd. And uh, he'll notice you. And uh, he, he noticed this woman. She came in. She probably came in every, sin, every Saturday of synagogue. But when she came in, it said that uh, when Jesus, when he saw her, when he saw her, verse number 12, he called unto her. When he, and it's just wonderful. You know why this is here? Because God just says, I want you to know what Jesus is like. I, I want you to see. I just put that, just write that down. Not, it's not made up, it really happened. But, but show that. So that years later, people will read that. And they'll realise, what kind of man is this? That, that sees you in a crowd. That does not dismiss your condition that looks at you and says, I understand what's making you feel this way. And, and I can help you. You can be better than this. And, uh, and he did a wonderful thing. He did a wonderful thing. And it's here for us. And, and, and a wonderful thing happened in Nakon Sawan last Sunday uh, through somebody having their faith touched by this. You know, you, do you know that song? It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he can do for you. You know that wonderful song? Do you know how that song came to be? Was a, the guy who wrote that's name is Stuart Hamlin. And Stuart Hamlin was in an era where uh, TV was just sort of coming on bigger, radio was big, and he was, he was a star uh, in his day on radio singing. He came from Texas. They called him the Singing Cowboy. You can look this up. And so Stuart Hamlin was the singing cowboy, and, and, and he became famous and he did not handle fame very well. And as a result of that, he was, uh, you know, he started drinking heavily, uh, fighting and brawling. Uh, his description was destructive behaviour many times. And, uh, but Stuart Hamlin had a following. He was very well known on the radio. And, and in 1949, there was an evangelist, 1949, there was an evangelist by the name of Billy Graham who was going to have a crusade in Los Angeles. And uh, Billy Graham wanted to get uh, publicity out, get it out, that people would know that he was going to have this crusade in Los Angeles. So he went on Stuart Hamblin's show to, to publicise the crusade. And while on the show, Billy Graham, at the end of the show, he invited Stuart Hamblin to attend the crusade. He said, well, you should come too. And Hamblin accepted and uh, he went to the crusade and then after, he asked if he could privately meet with Billy Graham to talk to him. And he met with Billy Graham and talked and it was on that occasion that Billy Graham was able to lead Stuart Hamlin to Christ. Now, his life so dramatically changed. Uh, the drinking stopped. The fighting stopped. Uh, it, became, it became very known that he had had such a dramatic change, that 
uh, one of his friends came up to him and asked him, hey, I've heard that you have really changed your ways. Is it true? Now, the man who asked Stuart Hamlin that was an actor that you may have heard of by the name of John Wayne. And John Wayne asked Stuart Hamlin, is it, is it true that you've changed your ways, that your whole life has changed? And Hamlin replied to John Wayne, you know, John, it's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he could do for you. And John Wayne said, you know, Stuart, that sounds like a good song. You should put that to music. And it was through that witnessing to John Wayne that Stuart Hamlin wrote that song. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he can do for you. And I want to say that to you this morning. Jesus called out to her. He called her to him. He's still doing it today. He's calling people to himself. He's calling you to himself. And uh, God is always the initiator. God comes and God calls. He's still seeing. He's still feeling people's pain. He's still caring about them. And he's still calling people to himself. And he called her to come. In verse number 12, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now, verse number 13, he laid hands on her. Here's the incredible thing. The word of God was spoken in verse 12 about her healing as if it had already happened. You see, but it was in verse 13 she got her healing. So, so he, he, here's the thing. That's the power of the word of God. God pronounces his word like it just is. It just is. And when we believe the word of God, when we, when we just are, are, are vessels that receive the word of God, then just as God said it, it comes to be. And every time. You realize the creation... Everything we have around us, the, the, all, all of the made things, God just spoke them into being. Now, now, God tells us that because he wants us to understand there is power in the word of God. There, there, is, there is power in the word of God. And if God speaks it, it is so. Uh, it is impossible for God to lie. And uh, God said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, and this, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And just as Plainly, as the word of God says it, it is so. Those who just believe what he said become recipients of his grace and in verse number 13, his goodness. Verse number 13 said, He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. When Jesus put his hands on her, he imparted his virtue to us. It was it, virtue of goodness. It was, it was, he did it for others. It was his goodness going to her. When you come to Christ, he imparts his goodness to you. 
You, you, you know, the world is getting increasingly evil. It's just getting evil. There are evil deeds and evil people. Now, many people are in denial about that. Uh, there's, a, there's a false philosophy that says, well, everybody's born good, and it just is um, social conditions uh, that cause some people to do things, and, and they just need help. There's a denial of evil, but if you live in the world, you know it's getting darker, and the, and the presence of evil is there. You know, when you, when you live around that all the time, and, and that's all that you hear all week, and it's what you see when you drive out and you turn on the TV and it's what they tell you. And you just hear it again. You know, you know what? There comes a time where you just long for some goodness. And you just say, where is goodness? You know, it, it's hard to find goodness in the world. It's hard to find it. Good, goodness is like a, like, a, like, a, like a bath that just washes you clean. Where do you find goodness? I want to tell you, you find goodness in Christ. You find goodness in Jesus. His goodness will satisfy you, but it'll satisfy God also. And when you come to Christ, he'll impart that to you. He'll impart his goodness to you in that he'll, he'll, he'll take your sin away and he'll give you his righteousness. Just, just as if I was to take my coat off and put that over you. That's what he does with his goodness. He he cloaks you in it. And it's his goodness that delivers you from the wrath of a holy God when it comes to our sin. Christ can take away our sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. There's only one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And when you come to Christ, he imparts his goodness to you. He imparts his help. And what happened he called her. He said, he said, come to me. Come to me. Well, what do you, how do you think that looked? Uh, the women would have been seated down the back of the synagogue. What do you think happened? That bent up lady made her way forward. And why was she coming? She was coming for Jesus. She wasn't coming for the synagogue rulers. She wasn't coming for the others. She was coming for Jesus. He said, you come to me come to me. And when she came, he put his hands upon her. And after 18 years of infirmity that she thought nobody could help with, he delivered her. And she stood upright and she was healed. And you know when all of that happened? I'm going to say it happened on a Sunday. It wasn't. It was a Saturday. But I want you to get the idea it happened in church. It happened in church. And then you say, oh, you're stretching it. No, I'm not stretching it. Because in verse 16, he said, at the end of verse 16, lo, these 18 years, you know, she'd been bound by Satan. Uh, 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 why shouldn't she be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day? Here's what he was saying. Why not today? Why, why not today when God is in the room? Why, why, why not today? Today's the best day for that to happen. Why, why, why would it not be today? The word of God has been preached. The son of God is present. The spirit of God is amongst us. We've gathered together with an expectation. Why not today? Why not be loose today? Why not find what you need today? 
Why not find Christ today? It was a Sunday for me when I found Christ. Why not? Why not? Jesus said, this is a good day for that to happen. And the people glorified God that somebody was helped. You're in a place where we glorify, we we praise God for every life that is helped. And may I say this, maybe, maybe today what you think is making you unhappy may not be the real reason. You say, well, what is it? Well, I I don't know, but I would direct you to someone who does know. Somebody who's still calling, somebody who can make a difference, somebody who can help you. Well, let's have a word of prayer together, and uh, we are going to have a uh, moment of invitation where you'll have an opportunity to pray. How many people here today would say, uh, today, in the message today, God spoke to me, Pastor. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I heard from God today about something. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many, many across the room. God bless you. God bless you. We want God to help people. Is there anyone here today who would say, you know, I need to be saved today. I just, I can really feel it in me. God is calling me. I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ today. Just like that woman came and, and Jesus touched her and changed her and helped her, I want that too. I really want it. And Pastor, pray for me today. I want to be saved. Anyone else like that? You need to be saved. Anyone like that? You'd raise your hand and say, I need it today. Anyone like that? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. I'll pray for you. Anyone like that today? I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Anyone else like that today? All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer together. How about we all stand? The altar is open. If God spoke to your heart this morning and you'd like to come forward and use the altar, come and pray for yourself. Come and pray for another. You come. Others are coming. You make your way forward. Take time to pray. Maybe you just need to say, Jesus, I'm here. I'm here. Jesus, I'm here. Jesus, you're here. Please put your hands on me like you did for that woman. Please help me. Maybe you're just wrestling with just discontent and and unhappiness and you don't even know why. But you really want God's help. Maybe, Maybe you could come and pray this morning. Maybe you come and pray. Father, as we're taking time to pray now, please just speak to hearts today. Please draw us closer. Lord, all over the world I've seen it. I've seen you touch people, Lord. I've seen those who people said they're beyond help. I've seen them helped. I've seen restoration. I've seen healing. I've seen peace come where it wasn't present. I've seen comfort. I've seen you cross the cultural barrier. I've seen your ability to speak in other languages to communicate to the heart. And now I pray this morning for these who are here. Pray for those who are standing as we're all in prayer this morning, Lord. Just like the song said, Lord, we know it's true. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he can do for you. God bless each one here today. If there be any here today who need to be saved, I pray, Lord, they'd seize the moment. I pray, Lord, that they'd call out to you. Hear the prayers of those who are praying.
move amongst us and have your way, please, as we sing our song now. I pray in Jesus' name. Brother Paul, would you come and lead us in a song?